This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. We are here with Donna Schombach. She is an amazing preacher, teacher, amazing woman of God with an amazing heritage. I'm so excited that she's with us. She's going to share on the anointing, the presence of God, the healing power of God. I tell you what, if you are listening to this right now, go get somebody that needs a miracle. Go get somebody that needs a healing in their body. Their, maybe they need a, a, their broken heart healed. Maybe they, they're, they're struggling with sickness or disease. Go get them because they need to hear what's about to happen. Donna Schombach, how are you doing? Ryan, it's so good to be here with you on the program. I'm excited about what God's going to do today for those who are listening. You know, I believe that so many of God's people are suffering, Ryan. And God wants to bring them through a breakthrough because of what he wants to do in this generation. I agree with that for sure. Now, Donna, your ministry, uh, like your dad's, who we'll talk about in a minute, your ministry is filled with such faith and miracle stories. Uh, I mean, some of them are so amazing. It's wonderful to hear how God is using you. But you have a tremendous heritage and uh, your dad was R.W. Schombach, and um, I'm young enough or old enough to remember uh, that uh, him preaching, being on all over TV and watching him under the tents. He was an amazing man of God. And I'll have to uh, just throw this out here and be honest. I've used some of his messages in my own in my own preaching, and it went over. The anointing was so strong on him, uh, it, it carried over when I preached as well. So. Your dad was amazing. In fact, we have a clip uh, of your dad preaching on the power of the name of Jesus. Let's hear that real quick. Jesus said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name you shall cast out devils. What is his name? Jesus. Say it out loud. Jesus. In my name you shall speak with new tongues. What is his name? In my name, if you eat or drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. What is his name? In my name, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What is his name? Jesus. Wow, I tell you what, I just love hearing him preach. His voice, his the anointing, the power, the joy, the authority. Now, you being his daughter, I mean, what was it like traveling all over with your dad and, and all the miracles? Tell, tell, tell us about your dad. Well, I'll tell you, I could talk all day, Ryan, about my dad. You know, obviously, I was his only daughter, and we were very, very close from the time I was a child. I was born the year he joined A.A. A. Allen in ministry. So God's blessed me with a, a, a good memory. And I remember back in the days when we started out in Miracle Valley, I have been a witness to so much, um, not just the, the preaching of the gospel with power, but the demonstration of the gospel. Yes. You know, by his own admission, you know, he, he was raised in a household. His mother... Um, actually had uh, a crippling disease in her body, and she had to trust God. She found out about a, a place in Philadelphia called Faith Tabernacle, and she was a Mennonite. But because she had such a need in her body, she went to visit, and that first night she received an instantaneous miracle in her body. And from that day, she was a woman of great faith, and that's the environment that my dad was raised in. Uh, early in his ministry, he got to witness Oral Roberts under the tent and uh, T.L. Osborne. He saw a blind man um, have his eyes restored in front of thousands of people, and that just continued to foster that faith in his heart. And then he traveled with A.A. A. Allen and 
he uh, preached the faith clinics in the afternoon, and he saw God build faith into the hearts of people as they listened to the word and began to take God at his word. And oftentimes, the people who were in those faith clinics in the afternoon were the ones that received great miracles at night. So, Well, that, that'll, that'll preach uh, the fact that they, their faith was so built up in the faith clinic. Uh, and then that night, the, the power of God connecting with that faith. Is that what you're saying uh, brought the healing? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yes. In fact, you know, he would teach them all week long, and, and Brother Allen, he worked with a, a word of knowledge oftentimes, but many of the times Dad told me he witnessed that the, the ones that Brother Allen would call had been in the faith clinic all week wow. long. So there was, a, there was a connection in the Holy Ghost, you know, I with like the that. Word. Now, uh, would you do me a favor? Take us back uh, to a meeting, any meeting that comes to your mind. And you're hearing the organ, and you're hearing the music, and you're hearing the preaching, and you're watching the people. Take us to a meeting under the tent back in the day when the power of God was so tangible in the meeting. Wow, there's so many of them. I remember, if we're talking about Brother Allen's meetings, I remember, um, you know, he was a man of God that preached the Word. And I, I remember as a nine-year-old child listening to him preach, he always gave an altar call, Ryan. And just the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I was already saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, but I remember I wanted to get saved all over again every night. That's how strong the anointing was. And um, I remember him casting out devils. And I remember the devils screaming as they came out. I was witness to these things. Uh, of course, I saw people come out of wheelchairs by the thousands. I've, I've seen so many deaf ears unstopped. I've seen crippled hands, uh, you know, just straighten out before my eyes. So, I mean, there's night after night in, under those tents. What goes through the mind of a child? seeing all those miracles and watching devils fly out. What was going through your mind as you were uh, tugging at your dad's pant leg, so to speak, watching all this stuff happen? Well, there's a wonder, you know, there was a wonder in my spirit. There was an expectation. There's something about a child's heart that hasn't been tainted yet. And so there's that childlike faith that comes alive. And there was an expectancy that when, uh, the Word of God went forth, something was going to happen. And we spent our summers, the Shambok kids, we spent our summers, uh, summer vacations from schools in the inner city, you know, whether it would be the Bronx or Newark, New Jersey or Chicago. Wow. While, while some people are at Disneyland, you're in the Bronx for summer vacation. Exactly. Okay. And, you know, I remember feeling a great, concern for the people who had needs, because I recognized a difference in their lifestyle. Number one, they didn't have as many privileges as I did. Number two, there were a lot of broken families, a lot of children that were raised without dads. And as a child, you know, maybe I didn't articulate it that way, but I noticed the difference and I felt the privilege of knowing Jesus and what he did in my life. And that really built a compassion in my heart for those who didn't have uh, the things that I knew. And so I wanted to see them healed. I rejoiced every time I saw a man who was delivered from alcohol or from drug addiction, and he became clean and was restored to his family. That I rejoiced as a young child that uh, he was delivered. And I remember the altar calls. I remember seeing thousands of people coming to the altars and, and thanking God that they were saved from hell. So it was it was something that was a, a cause of great joy to me as a child. And, and um, I'll share this with you. I can't explain uh, everything that God does by his spirit, but I do remember um, being in the arms of my uncle at a Jack Coe meeting in Philadelphia. He used to come to the Met in Philadelphia. And for the first time, I, I had to be two or three years of age. Uh, I heard them singing, there's a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. There's a river of life 
flowing out of me. And I remember thinking as a child, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Wow. That's what I want. And there was revelation in my spirit, even though as a, a young child, I couldn't even articulate those words. There was a connection with the message of that song that this is who we are to be as believers. Now, you travel with your dad for years, and then I understand that for more than a decade, you also served as a day speaker under these yes. gospel tents. What, what, were you, what were you teaching? What were you preaching? Well, uh, you know, I was, I was actually called to be very much similar to what Dad did uh, in Brother Allen's. I was, I was called to teach faith, but, you know— one of the things that the Lord, when he called me to preach, he called me out of Luke chapter 1, verse 17. And he said, I'm raising you up in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. So uh, a lot of the messages that the Lord gave me in my generation was a call to repentance. And, um, you know, I really believe that a lot of times that some people experience sickness or disease or suffering in their life because they've known the truth, but they haven't lived by it. And so oftentimes God would give me um, a message to deal with uh, the church folks that, that needed to come clean with God and get back to a life of holiness. So that was a predominant theme in my my message. Also, though, I also felt that uh, a lot of times people who uh, had, um, for instance, people who lived in the city, they had to deal with pressures that uh, many didn't have to deal with. And I, I felt like God would give me a message of faith for them. I, I sometimes, you know, you could feel that people felt maybe they weren't worthy of uh, receiving from God. And so God would would give me messages to deal with that. I remember particularly um, one message, the roadblocks to healing. Which is actually what we're offering one of those CDs is roadblocks to yes. healing. But go ahead. Yes, and um, that's that's out of the uh, Luke chapter 5, and um, Jesus was dealing with several different people that he was ministering to, but the first person he dealt with was the leper. And uh, the Bible talks about how the leper came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. And um, Jesus said, I'm willing, be cleansed, but he stretched out his hand. And when I, I read that scripture, I thought, isn't it interesting that Jesus, who was representative of a priest, reached out and touched someone who was unclean by his culture? Yeah. And that spoke to me that Jesus was sending a message to that leper, I'm not afraid of your leprosy. Your leprosy doesn't define who you are. You know, your generation may reject you. Even your very priest may reject you. And you may, may have to say, I'm unclean. I'm unclean when you come into public because people are afraid of that leprosy. But I'm the living son of God. I'm God and very God. And when I touch you, you're going to be made whole in your body, but you're, I'm also going to make you whole in your spirit, man. And I like that because I can see how you had such compassion for the people in the inner city based on that verse alone. Uh, in Absolutely. In fact, uh, would you do this? Would you just give us a few nuggets about faith, about anything that comes to your heart that the listener can glean on, on walking in faith, living by faith, whatever comes to your heart right now? You know, faith is not uh, an emotion. That's one thing I've come to understand. But faith is based in a person, and it's in the person of Jesus Christ. And the more we can learn about Jesus, the more we can study the way that he operated, just like this leper. This leper, you know, at first he re related to him on the basis of, of being a man, a priest, maybe a special man. But Jesus had to reveal to him, I'm not just any ordinary man. I'm the living Son of God. And I think once we come to that realization on our own, that when we approach Jesus, we're approaching God himself and a God who is compassionate, a God who loves us, and a God who 
has offered up his body for our salvation, but also for our healing. And um, when we have that revelation in our spirit, that faith is what connects us to him. I, my dad off, often preached, and sometimes we team preach this message when um, that woman approached Jesus for her daughter. And uh, she kept saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. She recognized something that others didn't recognize, that the only hope for her daughter was Jesus. And even though Jesus turned her away and, and called her a dog, she kept pressing on. She kept worshiping him. And I believe that's the real key to understanding. You know, sometimes um, in our culture, even those of us who hear preachers on television or on radio, a lot of times our faith is placed in a man or a woman. But if we're going to receive a miracle from God, we're going to have to understand that Jesus is our only answer and we lean into him. We trust him. We put our faith in him. And just in calling his name sometimes, that's where a miracle comes from. I'll tell you what, I can listen to you talk about faith all day. Now, you yourself, though though you are apprenticed by your dad, you, you, you carry his mantle for miracles and signs and wonders. It, you, you have seen arthritic conditions healed. I'm just reading some of the things that we know about you. Crippled limbs being healed instantly, deaf ears opening, uh, eyesight clearing, broken bones instantly he- healed, even people's uh, sense of smell restored, tumors disappearing, mm-hmm. spirits coming out of people. So what mm-hmm. these things are happening in your ministry on a regular basis. They do. And, you know, it's been a process, Ryan, of, you know, I didn't always, I started out life as a school teacher. And then God called me to preach. And then he put me alongside my dad. And obviously, when he asked me to go into those inner cities, it's going to be a different type of ministry than, you know, teaching a Sunday school lesson in a church. And uh, I remember specifically, I was in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, we were under the tent, and I, I, I preached a powerful message. We had a great altar call. People came to repentance, and I, I was ready to close the service out. <laughs> and I heard in my spirit, you're not done yet. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking, what do you mean I'm not done yet? Didn't you see that altar call, Lord? <laughs> And uh, he said, you haven't prayed for the sick yet. And, I, and in my mind, I'm going, that's my dad's thing. I, I'm not a faith healer. You know, I'm a preacher. And he said, I, I called you not just to preach the gospel, but to demonstrate the gospel. And in my mind, I said, Ryan, this, and I, I'll never forget this, where the Lord zeroed in on it. I said, but what if it does, they don't get healed? And that's where the Lord was showing me that I had to come up to a new level of faith, that he was he was showing me my own doubt and fear. And he said, just do what I tell you to do. And I looked over to the right, and there was a woman in a body cast from her hip down to her toe. And I felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to start with, and I was scared. Well, that's a tough one to start with. I know. She, it wasn't. It wasn't a little bit of neck pain. It was a big deal. Yeah, it was visible to everybody, and I was going to be doing this over the microphone. So I went over to her and I said, "What did you come for?" And she said, "I came to be healed." Well, that was a good answer for me. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just said, "Okay, Lord, let's work this through." And I said, "Can you stand up?" And she stood, and she kind of hobbled a little bit. And I said, put your arm through mine. And I said, let's take one step for the Father. <laughs> I thought I was being religious. You know, I, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, but she took one step for the Father. I said, let's take another step for the Son. She took another step for the Son. And then I said, let's take a third step for the Holy. And I couldn't even get Holy Ghost out. And she let out a scream, scared me to death. She, I mean, she screamed so loud. She jumped up and down. The power of God hit her. She jumped up and down on that foot, and she started to run around that football-sized tent. And everybody in the tent was jumping up and down and screaming because it was a visible miracle. 
And see, my lack of faith could have kept her from that. I asked her later, I said, what happened to you? She said that for three years she'd been suffering. She had been hit by a city bus. All the bones in her leg had been broken and they had never healed properly. But that day under the tent, just by obeying God, God instantaneously healed her leg. And it was an amazing thing to me. And from that time on, I began to press into God uh, for more healings and miracles. And he's been doing it ever since. So not only did you have to step out in faith, the woman had to step out in faith. And everybody listening, you have to step out in faith. I mean, I like this whole thing of taking a step for the Father, step for the Son, and step for the Holy Spirit. We should all be doing that more and dancing and, 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 and running and walking out of our pain and our sickness. Everybody listening, you need to get a hold of Donna Schombach's resources. It's the Anointing for Miracles book and four CD set. I am telling you, in this book, you will find step-by-step teaching, supernatural keys, and you can trust me on this. The faith-building stories will ignite your heart to be used by God in a mighty way. Donna includes her own stories, her own teaching, but also uh, stories of her father. And she gleans from the supernatural keys that he saw while ministering. That is the book, The Anointing for Miracles, and the four CD set. In the CD set, you'll learn about the God of Breakthrough, Roadblocks to Healing, The Anointing, and a special CD by R.W. Schombach that there's power in the name. Get this set, The Anointing for Miracle book in four CD set. We'll be right back talking about how you can have the spiritual authority to walk in healing like the Schombach family did where their kids rarely ever went to doctors when they were growing up. We'll be right back. Now, Donna Schambach, you know by that last name who she is uh, because everyone knew R.W. Schambach, her dad. But Donna has a gifting all of her own. She will awaken the faith that God has put in your heart one more time to move in the greatest move of God's spirit in history. Your brand new book, Anointing for Miracles, why did you write it? I'm so excited about it, Sid. I wrote the anointing for miracles because I know that miracle stories build faith in the hearts of the believer. But I also know that when we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, he's commissioned us to do the works of Christ. And we need the testimony of his works. We, he said that he would give us power when the Holy Spirit came upon us and we would be witnesses. It's the miracle stories that are the witness that Jesus is alive. And so many people are wondering, how can I have that in operation in my life? Well, in addition to the book, you have three of your best teaching CDs along with a classic from your dad. Let's start with the classic from your dad. Tell me about that CD. It's called The Power in the Name. My dad believed in the name of Jesus. It was his calling card, if you would, to the supernatural and to the miraculous. You know, when Jesus commissioned his disciples, he said, in my name, you will heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. And in this particular CD, dad goes to Acts chapter 3, where Peter and John had just been baptized in the Holy Spirit and they saw a man sitting by the gate beautiful. And he was crippled from the time he was born. And you know what Peter said. He said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give unto you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And later when Peter was questioned about how did you heal this man? He said, wait a minute, hold on. I didn't heal him. He said, it was the name and faith in the name that made this man whole. And that's what this teaching is about, how we can operate with the authority of the name of Jesus and connect with that authority through faith. Well, Donna, your dad was a young man under A.A. Allen, one of the greatest miracle ministries uh, in history. Yes. And then you're building on his shoulders. And in this book, she breaks it down for you, step by step, 
how you can move in miracles, how you can move in the miraculous. And there's wonderful faith-building testimonies in there. I, I literally believe that wherever you are, you're going to take a mega jump as a result of reading the brand new book, Anointing for Miracles, and having the four CD set, there's power in the name. That alone, it'll make you happy, am I right? You are so right. <laughs> and, and, and roadblocks to healing, uh, and then the God of breakthrough, and the fourth CD is called The Anointing. These are mysteries that were not meant to be mysteries. And most of these mysteries that these great healing evangelists had died with them, so to speak. But Donna's brought all of these truths to the forefront once again, things that very few Christians are doing. And that's why very few Christians are having the miracles that the first believers did. But Jesus said, you will do the same things I have done and even greater. I want you to get this brand new book and 4CD teaching, Anointing for Miracles. Welcome back. We're here with Donna Schombach. We are having such a great time. Donna Schombach flows in the anointing, the miracle working power of God. I love to hear her teach about faith, about miracles. I mean, who doesn't want to hear a, about a cripple that was uh, whose legs were straightened out or eyes were open or ears were open? I mean, these things should be happening to all of us and through all of us on a regular basis. And that's what Donna's materials help you do, that you don't have to uh, suffer with your sickness, that you can receive from God, stand by faith, remove all the obstacles, and you can walk in your healing. And not only you walk in, in your own healing, but you can teach others to do the same. And you can go find sick people and those who are demon-possessed, and you can walk in the supernatural power of God yourself. Speaking of miracles, you have an amazing story about a hand that straightened out. What happened? Well, I was in Canada, and that was an interesting uh, situation I was in because I really felt in that particular service there was such a uh, an attack from the demonic realm. It seemed like that particular area had a lot of demonic activity. And um, that particular night, I you know, I don't even know that I told you this story, Ryan, but I had this crippling pain in, that came into my body all of a sudden, and I, I felt like I couldn't even walk to the platform. And when I um, got to the platform, all I did was I stood in front of the pulpit, and the glory of the Lord fell on me. I couldn't even say hello to the congregation. The glory of the Lord just is like a shaft from heaven opened up, and I began to worship God, and there was such a glory that came into that place. And um, when I began to minister after I, I got done preaching, I went down the line to pray for people and um, prayed for this one woman, and all of the pain in her body left. She, and she said she had walked in with crippling pain, but as soon as I laid hands on her, all that pain left, and I realized that God was showing me through my own body what she was suffering. And then I kept going down that line, and here was a woman who had her hands, they were like in a C. They were so deformed, she couldn't move them. They were curled completely. And that compassion of the Lord just flowed right out of my spirit into my hands, and my hands went up in between that C, and as my hands touched her hands, her hands completely straightened out, and they just began to flex open and closed, open and closed. Wow. It was a mighty miracle. Uh, creative miracle that was happening, but I believe it was because we were um, breaking through demon oppression in that area with the glory of God. And, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to share a little bit, because oftentimes we don't recognize that um, the word that comes to heal us, it doesn't just come to heal us, but it it doesn't just come to save us, but it comes to save our neighborhood, our community, our generation. And I really have seen that with my dad's ministry. God sent him into the inner cities, and the crime rate would go down when those tents would go up. 
people's um, financial conditions would begin to change. They'd go from being on welfare to getting uh, the best job they ever had. They'd, they'd have their first homes and drive their first cars. And, you know, this is something that is backed up by Scripture. I, I love to preach out of the book of Daniel, where um, when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den in Daniel chapter 6, this is the words of King Darius. Daniel 6, verse 20, 26, he said this, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Now, this is a pagan king making a testimony and making a decree that our God should be worshipped because he saw Daniel delivered from the lion's den. And this is what I'm, I want to underscore. We don't understand that sometimes we've got to press through for our miracle because people are watching us. The unsaved around us are watching us. When we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that he's alive, doing the same things he did 2,000 years ago, we're giving testimony. When God, we press through for that healing in our body, we're saying Jesus is still alive. And there's a kind of a ripple effect that goes into our community. I've seen it time and time again. I was not long ago in Pavos, Costa Rica. And by my own testimony, Ryan, I'll tell you, I had been there for a full week. I'd been preaching every night. You know what that's like, preaching twice a day and uh, laying hands on people, seeing God do some amazing things. By the end of that week, I had to do two services on a Sunday, and my last service, I was so fatigued in my body. I didn't even want to go to church. I was thinking about how I could get out of that service, but I knew the pastor, and I knew I couldn't. I met the pastor, and he was distraught because there had been torrential rains that day, and, and seven of his families lost their homes because they lived in cardboard houses. Their houses had been washed away. So here the evangelist didn't want to be there, and the pastor was distraught. But as I got up to preach, the Holy Spirit took over. And I began to preach that Jesus saves and heals, and then I called for the people who wanted to be prayed for. I laid hands on different individuals, and there was this one man that I felt the power of God go into his body. And I didn't speak his language. I was tired, so I didn't really interact with him. But when I got home back in the States, we, we got a call from that pastor, and he said, I want to give you a testimony. He said that last night when Donna was, was in the service, there was a man who felt the power of God go into his body. And what Sister Donna didn't know is that his stomach was filled with cancerous tumors. He'd been given two weeks to live. But when he felt the power of God go into him, he knew he was healed. And he went to the pastor and he said, I want to confess my sins to you. I've been living with my girlfriend. I want you to come and marry us because I know I'm healed. So the pastor went to his hometown with just in a few days to marry them. And there were gathered 150 of his family members and friends. And he got so mad that they all, all were going to say goodbye to him. They didn't know that he was healed. He went and he tracked down his doctor and said, listen, I want you to do new x-rays. The doctor thought he was crazy. He had lost his mind, but he humored him. And he went in and took the x-rays, and the man said that the doctor took such a long time coming out. But when he came out, he had two sets of x-rays in his hand. And he said, listen, I don't know what happened, but here's the first set of x-rays. You can see the tumors in your stomach. They're cancerous. But he said, here's the, the x-rays I just took. He said, not only are all the tumors gone, but he says, you don't have a trace of cancer in you. You're completely healed. Powerful. And that man took those x-rays back to his family and friends where that pastor was. And they got on their knees and confessed their sins before the Lord. 
there was like a mass conversion that day, and that pastor was able to plant a church in that city (laughs) because of the testimony of this one man. And that's my point. Sometimes we feel like our miracle that we need is just about us. But I feel that's a limiting way to look at things. We need to understand that people are watching our lives. And we've got to press through to Jesus for our miracle, because this generation needs to know that Jesus is alive. Now, you talk a lot about spiritual authority, and you certainly see it in your own life. You saw it with A.A. Allen. You saw it with your dad. And we need to have this authority to confront the demons that are trying to take our children, that are trying to put sickness on our family. And, it, and you grew up in a home where I understand that you only saw a doctor as children when it was required by law or to get into <laughs> school. Is that true? Absolutely. Now, why is that? Well, you know, my parents just took God at his word. They believed that Jesus was our great physician. And, and uh, I mean, if I got sick, I never got sympathy. I just had hands laid on me. <laughs> and we were sent to school. My grandmother, she had an authority with the Word of God. She lived by the Word all day long, worshiping God. And I remember my grandfather got a cancer on his nose. I saw this with my eyes. And he said, I better go get it checked out. She says, well, you can go to the hospital or Jesus can take care of it. And she said, Jim, do you want to believe Jesus for this? And he said, yes. And she just cursed that thing at the root and commanded it to go back to hell where it came from. And in three days, that cancer was gone off of his nose. Amen. But that's that's how we should be living every day, right? Every day. And it again, it takes that relationship with the Word of God. You know, sometimes we feel, and, and I just want to reiterate this, sometimes we feel like we have to get to the famous preacher, or we have to get to the pastor. But if we have a relationship with the Word of God, that Word becomes life to us. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they're spirit and they're life. Well, that's a good point, Donna. Your dad was a famous preacher. A.A. Allen was a famous preacher. Jack Coe, yourself, uh, all well-known. But you will boldly say, and you definitely say it in your book, I'm setting you up, and in your CDs, that you boldly say that you don't have to be running to a preacher. You can receive your own miracle in your own home, in your own family. Is that true? Absolutely, because we learn to take God at his word. And um, this is where that faith comes in. There's a quickening. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And God uses preachers. I mean, obviously, My dad had a a gift of faith that operated in his life, and there were so many people that that faith was quickened as I listened to the Word. But I also know there are times when we can't get to a preacher, and that Word becomes our preacher. The Word preaches to us right off the page, and what, you know, Jesus does for one, he's not a respecter of persons, he'll do for another. Amen. Now, Donna, you saw another creative miracle when you were in Estonia. Do you remember this story? Yes. I had been listening to a teaching about spiritual gifts, and uh, we were taught to covet the best gifts, as the Word of God says. Well, talk about that for a minute, because covet, the the first thing that comes to our mind is, is not a good thing, to covet. No. So what is what, is, what do you mean? Well, that word covet, it was, um, it was a King James word, but it means to earnestly desire to earnestly desire the things of the Lord and to seek after. Kind of like many people, when they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's because they were first taught about it, but then they earnestly desired to have it in their life, and it was like a search, and they grew in faith for it, and they finally received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians, to earnestly desire or covet the best gifts of the Spirit to be used by them. And so I had been sitting under this teaching, and I began to ask the Lord to—I wanted to see the gift of miracles uh, in my ministry. And my very next ministry trip was to Estonia, and 
I was preaching in a church, and I didn't, obviously, you don't speak the language, you have an interpreter. So I, I gave instruction to uh, those that came forward that I was just going to lay hands on them, and I was going to believe that they were healed. And because I don't have time to be interpreted for every individual, just to receive that healing into their body as I spoke to them. And the very first young man, I'll never forget him. I can still see him as I'm talking to you. Had such a beautiful expression on his face, beautiful smile. I could see he had an open spirit to receive the things of God. And I laid my hands on him and just spoke the healing power of Christ into his body. I didn't even know what was wrong with him. And then I kept going down the line and praying for other people. And about a third of the way down that line, I heard a, an eruption of praise and shouting. And I looked, and it was all around this one young man that I prayed for first in line. And I knew there was a miracle story, but I just kept praying for everybody. And then I went back to the pastor to find out what in the world happened. And he told me the most beautiful story. He said, that young man, he had personally picked up off the side of the road that day and invited him to come to the meeting. He said the man, young man, had crippled feet, and he walked with excruciating pain. He had such a hard time walking because when his, he was just a young baby, his mother had thrown him out of a moving car, and all the bones in his, his feet had crushed, and his, he walked with deformed feet. But the moment the power of God touched him, power of God went right down to his feet, and he started to jump up and down on them, running around the building. And he had not even received Jesus as his Savior yet, Ryan. Wow. Things amazed me. But when God healed him, he immediately fell on his face before God and, and repented of his sins. He got healed and saved in the same day. <laughs> that is a good day. Now, listen, you you already, those listening, you already have an anointing for miracles living inside you. You already have the healing power of God, but you need to learn how to tap into that healing power, that anointing that Donna talks about and teaches about and the faith that accompanies it. You need to get this resource, the anointing for miracles book and four CD set. I am telling you. I read this book. It will touch you. It will challenge you. It will excite you. It will inspire you. I don't know if there's enough adjective to, to describe this book. It, it is really good. And it's fascinating and it's eye-opening about, I, I, you read the book and you think to yourself, you mean I can have that? You mean I can do that? I can walk in that? You can walk in the anointing. You can walk in the anointing not to be healed, to see your children healed, your family healed, but even to see people around you healed and, and uh, seeing miracles wherever you go. In, that's all in the book. And the CD set is about the God of breakthrough, the roadblocks to healing, the anointing. I love it when she talks about the anointing. And a special CD we put in there. From R.W. Schombach, Donna's father, called There's Power in the Name. You heard a just a portion of that CD uh, in this earlier on the show. It is so fun to listen to R.W. Schombach. you got to get this resource. You need to learn how to operate in the anointing for miracles for yourself and for others. When we come back, we're going to talk about the anointing. We're going to talk about the presence and power of God. And in fact, Donna, at the end of this uh, last segment, Donna's going to pray for you that not only that you walk in your own healing, but a transference of the healing power of God that you will see people touch around you like never before. We'll be right back. Now, Donna Shambach, you know by that last name who she is uh, because everyone knew R.W. Shambach, her dad. But Donna has a gifting all of her own. She will awaken the faith that God has put in your heart one more time to move in the greatest move of God's Spirit in history. Your brand new book, Anointing for Miracles, why did you write it? I'm so excited about it, Sid. I wrote the Anointing for Miracles because I know that miracle stories build faith in the hearts of the believer, but I also know that when we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, 
He's commissioned us to do the works of Christ, and we need the testimony of his works. We, he said that he would give us power when the Holy Spirit came upon us, and we would be witnesses. It's the miracle stories that are the witness that Jesus is alive. And so many people are wondering, how can I have that in operation in my life? Well, in addition to the book, you have three of your best teaching CDs, along with a classic from your dad. Let's start with the classic from your dad. Tell me about that CD. It's called The Power in the Name. My dad believed in the name of Jesus. It was his calling card, if you would, to the supernatural and to the miraculous. You know, when Jesus commissioned his disciples, he said, in my name, you will heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. And in this particular CD, dad goes to Acts chapter 3, where Peter and John had just been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they saw a man sitting by the gate beautiful. And he was crippled from the time he was born. And you know what Peter said. He said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give unto you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And later when Peter was questioned about how did you heal this man, he said, wait a minute, hold on. I didn't heal him. He said, it was the name and faith in the name that made this man whole. And that's what this teaching is about, how we can operate with the authority of the name of Jesus and connect with that authority through faith. Well, Donna, your dad was a young man under AEL and one of the greatest miracle ministries uh, in history. Yes. And then you're building on his shoulders. And in this book, she breaks it down for you, step by step, how you can move in miracles, how you can move in the miraculous. And there's wonderful faith-building testimonies in there. I, I literally believe that wherever you are, you're going to take a mega jump as a result of reading the brand new book, Anointing for Miracles, and having the four CDs set there's power in the name. That alone, it'll make you happy. Am I right? You are so right. <laughs> and, and, and roadblocks to healing. Uh, and then the God of breakthrough. And the fourth CD is called The Anointing. These are mysteries that were not meant to be mysteries. And most of these mysteries that these great healing evangelists had died with them, so to speak. But Donna's brought all of these truths to the forefront once again, things that very few Christians are doing. And that's why very few Christians are having the miracles that the first believers did. But Jesus said, you will do the same things I have done and even greater. I want you to get this brand new book in 4CD teaching, Anointing for Miracles. Welcome back. We have Donna Schombach with us, and it's been so fun talking to you, Donna, especially hearing the wonderful stories and how God's using you all over the world. And I see that you are literally all over the world be teaching people faith, teaching people how to get their own healing. I, I love that. Now, you, you've learned a lot of things the easy way and the hard way. And you have a story about because you believe that we should be casting out devils in the name of Jesus. Now, you had to learn about casting out devils, and you have a story about that. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Carrying this last name can be a blessing. It can also be a challenge, because there are sometimes people expect you to be just like your dad, and um, there are times, you know, that I wasn't walking in the same anointing that he was. And one of them, when I was just starting out in ministry in the Bronx years ago, I was actually the administrator of a Christian school there that I started. But my pastor, uh, he actually also used me as kind of the associate pastor of the church. And so when he announced that Donna Schambach was, you know, coming to, to be part of the pastoral team, there were people who uh, understood that name and knew what that mean name meant. So I remember one time getting an invitation 
to our one of my friends' house for dinner, and it's Italian-American community, and I knew there was going to be home-cooked, they called it gravy and pasta, so I was excited about that. But what I didn't know is that my friend had a hidden agenda, and I got to the house, and there sitting on the sofa was a very unusual-looking woman, and uh, she didn't say a word to me. Her eyes were closed. She was over six feet tall, very heavy built. And um, my friend just looked at me and said, before we eat, I want you to cast the devil out of her. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, before we have the appetizer, will you please cast the devil out of this person? I like that. Yeah, no preparation, <laughs> you know, no time to fast and, yeah. and pray. So, you know, Shambuck is a kind of a never say die personality. So yeah. <laughs> I I just was kind of obedient, and I went over to the woman and tried to engage her. She wasn't talking to me, so I just started using the name like my dad did. In the name of Jesus, I come against you, you foul devil. You know, and I used every word I could 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 think of that dad would say. I called every spirit, spirit spirits of doubt and fear and oppression and lying devils. I mean, I called them all by name commanded them to come out. Well, nothing was budging and nothing was working. I wasn't even getting a response. I, I remember putting my hand on her and slapping her a little bit. Oh, man. Put, put my hand on her face and squeezed her mouth. I thought I could squeeze the devil. Oh, man. <laughs> nothing was coming, Ryan. I mean, not even a blink in her eyeballs. And that, I, I was sweating. I was beaten. I was pounding and nothing was coming out. And I have to tell you, I didn't even enjoy dinner that night because oh. I felt like such a failure. I left defeated. I felt like I, I blew it for God, and I blew it for my last name, if you know what I'm talking about. I get it. But God used that. God used that in my life to show me that, you know, we have to be instant in season and out of season. We have to be prepared for what we're going to face. And uh, wasn't too long after that. It might have been six months, might have been a year that I had been in heavy intercession all day long, and I knew I was praying for something or someone that I was going to meet. And I came to church. I was a little late. I sat on the back row, but I was still in that spirit of intercession. And the pastor called for um, a prayer, people who wanted God to touch them. Uh, I, I think it was a healing prayer that he called for. There's one lady that came up. And I looked up, and instinctively, um, I knew the pastor wanted me to go and pray for this lady. And there was nothing premeditated. There was It was just moving by the power of the Holy Spirit, Ryan. I put my arm across her shoulder, and I whispered in her ear, I take authority over you, you lying spirit, and I command you to come out. And as soon as I said it, it was just a whisper. That woman screamed and fell to the ground, and I knew she was instantly set free. And wow. there was something going on in her life where she was she was having a uh, a confusion about her own identity. But God completely set her free that day, and there was nothing about my own physical um, coercion. There was nothing about the my, the elevation of my voice. It was simply the power of the Holy Spirit at dealing with that that demon spirit that was oppressing her. And that's when I came to understand that this um, authority that we have, it's based on the Word of God, and it's based on the relationship we have with that Word through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There, There's nothing difficult about that. That's... Nope. Jesus, we overcomplicate so many things with the gospel. And, and you know, even with the anointing, you hear so many people talk about the anointing. And, and I love how you teach it. You teach it so amazing and simple. And, and uh, I think that people need to hear right now uh, just a few nuggets, what the Lord has shown you about the anointing. Well, Jesus actually spoke it over himself. He talked about what that anointing was there to do. In Luke chapter 4, this was this day that he, he I call it his ordination day, and he went to his hometown, the, the, 
least likely place to receive him. And he made this confession through the word of God. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel or the good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And obviously he was quoting out of Isaiah chapter 61, and Jesus was saying, Listen, the anointing that is on me is the the anointing of the Messiah, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who came to bring deliverance. But he was categorizing what that anointing was for. It's not just an aura. It's not just something that makes us look holy, but it's come as a power to preach good news. There's a, the pro, a proclamation of the gospel. There's an anointing for the proclamation, but also to heal the sick, to open up the eyes of the blind, to cast out devils, set people at liberty. And so when the Lord, you know, conferred this upon us, that, you know, the power that I have, I'm giving it to you, that same anointing that comes to the power of the Holy Spirit, it's the same thing, to proclaim Jesus, to demonstrate Jesus, and to set the captive free. There's a there's a line in that particular passage where he says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that's that's another part of the anointing, not just the messianic anointing, but it's the jubilee anointing. And that jubilee anointing was specifically to restore people who were taken as slaves. They were in prison. And it's uh, to set us free from everything that would take us captive including poverty. You know, the Jubilee anointing, that year of Jubilee, all debts were canceled. Uh, Children that were taken as slaves to pay back debts, they were restored back to the family. It's a a family restoration anointing. And specifically in Isaiah 61, it talks about building up uh, the ruined cities and the desolate cities. I believe that Jubilee anointing, it comes on God's people to have an effect on our community, the, the, the death around us, the things that sin has ravaged, the institutions like school and government where, where sin has come in and dominated. There's an anointing on us to see change in those areas. This is the, the, um, the anointing that Jesus walked in. When he walked into a community, entire communities were transformed. And I've seen this down through the years. You know, God wants us to walk in that anointing. And the, the last part of it is that there is a double portion anointing that Jesus walked in. When we understand through Scripture that the, the son or the firstborn son had a double portion of all of the inheritance of his father. Well, Jesus was not just the firstborn. He was the only uh, born. And all the inheritance of heaven belongs to him. That's why Jesus told us that when we pray, we pray, let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's he saying? He said, listen, when you begin to walk in the anointing that I give to you, all the things that you ask for, you can call down heaven on earth. You can call down health on earth. Nobody's sick in heaven. Nobody's demon-possessed in heaven. Nobody's poor in heaven. You can actually begin to call heaven down here on earth. That's the anointing that we walk in. I like that. And and that sounds like breakthrough. And you have a real compassionate heart to, to, to see people get a breakthrough in their finances, in their health, in their mind. Uh, Just speak for a moment. We have a few minutes left. Speak for a moment to those that are listening that need a breakthrough today. Yeah. You know, breakthrough is something that comes through revelation. Uh, I I believe there's a process to breakthrough. The Word of God getting on the inside of us. You know, we begin to take that to prayer and intercession. 
one of the greatest examples of, of breakthrough in, in Scripture was Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1, where she had a desire in her heart to have a son. And the, and the Bible said that she rose up, even when her husband said, aren't I better to you than 10, uh, ten sons? Some, she, she rose up and went to the house of God. She would not be denied. And the Bible said she poured out her spirit before God. And it was in that place of, of prayer and intercession and leaning into God that she actually began to pray according to the will of God. She said, Lord, if you'll just give me a son, he'll be yours all the days of your life. And and she began to pray according to God's will, and God gave her the answer of her heart. So that's the first step, just getting desperate enough to come before God and saying, I'm not going to be denied. Something rising up, that faith rising up on the inside of us to partner with what God wants to do in us. Well, what would you say to somebody who has been, who would say that they've felt like they have been desperate for a while and they have been doing the, what they feel is crying out, reaching out to God, and what would you say to those people? Well, there's a, you know, when we get to that place of prayer, I find that the Lord often gives us a word to stand on. He might give us a word from Scripture that mm, that would, would speak to our answer. That's when we stop praying and start to worship God. That's another key to, to break through it. And oftentimes it's a signal to the demonic spirits around us that we're not going to cower to the fear. You know, King Jehoshaphat is a great example of this. When he was surrounded on all sides by three different enemies, I mean, the Ammonites, the Moabites, Mount Seir, they had come. They were going to take the entire nation. And he went before the Lord, and the Lord gave him one commandment, put, put the best singers at the front lines of all of the armies. And I just want you to sing one phrase, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And sometimes it's in that place of praise where we say, hey, I recognize the battle's not mine, but the battle is the Lord's. And we are declaring in faith to all the demons in hell, I'm not going to be overcome by fear. Sometimes uh, there's an action to faith, whether it's like that woman we talked about in the first segment where we got her to walk, even though she had a cast on, got her to take a step for the father, step for the son. There's, there's a walking out of that faith. I remember in my own life when I was trusting God for a miracle in my body, and, you know, God was putting in my spirit to just put my feet on the floor and stand up. And, and, and my, uh, my faith was as soon as I stand up, I'm going to be healed, and God answered that. There's an action Sometimes in finance is the action God God tells us to give, tells us to sow. We may have tithed already, but God wants us to go beyond that and give an offering of faith, something that we can't afford. Amen. And it's how many times have we given, have seen God do so many financial miracles through the ministry because they've just obeyed the word of God to do something, and that's where the breakthrough has come. Oftentimes, it's that action of faith that seals the deal. I like and, uh, I like that. And in fact, if you're listening right now, Donna's about to pray for you. And if amen. if you could, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, put your hand on the place that you need a miracle. It could be you could be good in your body. Put it on your wallet. Then whatever it is, put your hand on a place in your life. Right now, while Donna prays for you, and we're going to believe together that the miracle-working power of God is going to flow into where you're listening right now. And I'm just going to add one thing, Ryan. Put one hand on the need and put another hand right up to heaven. I like that. (laughs) Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that there's no distance in prayer. Father, we believe that we're two or three agree as touching anything on earth, we will have the thing that we're asking for. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I send the miracle-working power of Christ, Lord, right through these radio waves into that place where this individual is. It may be a hospital room or a bedroom or an office or a car. Father, let them feel 
that overshadowing of your presence. Let them feel that mantling of the anointing come on them right now, even in their spirit, man. Let the praise of God begin to erupt from them as your healing power touches their life, their mind. Lord God, I thank you for that one that's trusting you for a financial miracle we're not going to speak doubt and unbelief any longer, but we're going to call it done by the authority of Christ Jesus. Lord, I speak to those that are carrying cancer around in their body. I command tumors to disappear by the authority of Christ Jesus right now. I speak to blood diseases, and I command them to be healed. I, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for a cleansing in the bloodstream. I speak to kidneys to function normally in the name of Jesus. I speak to the pancreas right now, those that have been attacked in their pancreas. I command the pain to go and let the cleansing come by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. I speak the healing life of Christ into everyone listening. And by the faith of God, we call it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Donna, so much for that. And that anointing that you feel right now, the anointing that we feel even in this room here, uh, is, is the anointing that you need to be aware of and conscious of and walk in every day of your life. And the resource that Donna has provided for you is the Anointing for Miracles book and four CD set. This book will teach you, it will give you the how-tos to walk in the anointing, to walk in the supernatural, keys from her father's life, keys from her own life, stories, miracle stories. It, it will bless you. It will touch you. You will not be disappointed. The, the CD set is so encouraging. She teaches on the God of breakthrough, roadblocks to healing, the anointing, and a special CD by her father, R.W. Schombach. There's power in the name. Get a hold of this resource, the Anointing for Miracles, book and four CD set. Until next time. You are anointed for miracles. Apprenticed by her father, R.W. Schambach, Donna Schambach wants you to learn the secrets of walking in miracles every day. Call now for Donna's exclusive brand new book and four CD set. The Anointing for Miracles, included with the CD set, is R.W.'s classic teaching, There's Power in the Name, for an investment of $40. U.S. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website, at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Donna's brand new book and four CD set, The Anointing for Miracles, including a classic teaching from R.W. Schambach, There's Power in the Name. Offer number 9414 for investment of 40 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9414. Once again, the offer number is 9414.